Uh, so today we're talking about the God of, of, uh, of today, and um, I'm excited about uh, where the Lord has us uh, today. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you uh, some of the things um, that the Lord has put on my heart. Some of them you're going to remember, some of them you're not going to remember, and that's okay. Some of you are going to come in, uh, some of you are going to sit there and you're going to be distracted in the next few minutes because your mind has wandered off maybe to your afternoon plans, the agenda for this afternoon. Some of you will be wondering how you're going to satisfy that hunger uh, inside you for lunch after service. Some of you might be thinking of the workload uh, that you have for this week or an email that you didn't answer or correspondence that didn't go through, go right. Uh, some of you might be thinking about your rush into church this morning or maybe the argument that ensued in the car before you got out of your car and plastered that smile on your face so that everybody saw you knew everything was perfectly fine. Um, maybe, you're, maybe you'll be distracted this morning uh, by uh, uh, the fact that the main worship team um, wasn't up here, but the youth band was up here, except for the fact that they did a phenomenal job. Um, <clears throat> but maybe, perhaps, you know, you might forget the things that I'm saying because you're in a place where you're suffering from an ailment. Or maybe you're suffering from a place where you're sick or somebody in the family sick or perhaps somebody sitting right in the row with you has been diagnosed with cancer. Yet the distance between you is yay far and you've yet to say hello to them this morning. Maybe the distraction for you is that you're lonely, you're depressed, you're wondering what he or she is thinking about you. Maybe the distraction that sets in is, is, comes from a place of depression, addiction, a need. And maybe you're just distracted by this weird opening to my message. But one thing that we can say that's true is that we're all here and we're all breathing. And as long as we put on a filter and as long as we keep smiling, then maybe the next 20 minutes will fly by. They'll quickly sing their last song. They'll get a blessing, and then we'll be off to lunch, and life will resume as normal. Oh, that we got to a place that we wear filters. Oh, that we've gotten to a place where having all of the things in our life, like loneliness, depression, addictions, um, all of these things become normal. Why are those normal? They shouldn't be a normal place for us. That shouldn't be a place where we, that, that we reside, that we just own those things and wear filters and fake everybody else out that we're dealing with those things. But before the distractions set in and before you forget anything that I'm going to say, uh, I would like to go ahead and give you the three points of today's message. If there's nothing else you leave with today, this is what I want you to leave with today. First thing, life is hard. But there is a God, and God is available today. And because one of the many distractions that we have in our society is social media, I thought we would do something meaningful with social media this morning, and uh, we would pair that along with our scripture reading. So guys, if you go ahead and hit that. I want to thank TMC for letting us use that video. Masks. 
filters. One and the same. We all have them. We all wear them. We all choose them from time to time. I have a social media account. I have Facebook. I have Instagram. I have Twitter. And from time to time, I will post pictures on these social media outlets. And if you've looked at my social media pages, Instagram or uh, Facebook, you'll see that a lot of the pictures that I choose to put up are cropped and filtered because they have these cool things on your phone called apps. And those apps uh, allow me to filter the pictures. Okay, go ahead and put that up there. Oh, life is hard, but there is a God and God is available today. But I mean, look at those pictures. Aren't they great? Look at my kids. Doesn't that show you the picture of how my kids act all the time? Look how wonderful, adorable, joyful, obedient they are. Look, look how cute Lucy is and Ruby. And oh, look at my wife up there. She is gorgeous. We're always smiling, always joyful, always feeling abundance and wonder and fulfillment and love and passion. These pictures show adventure. I mean, look at the birds at the top. I mean, that's my life. I mean, goodness, look at this. More adorable pictures. Oh, look at those filters that I used. Don't I look so good? Fun, excitement, joy. This is the picture of my life. This is what I want you to see about me. And I know that every time that I post a picture and I apply a filter to it, I can make my teeth whiter. I can make my skin darker. I can crop out people that I don't want in the picture. I can crop out my messy house. Right? I can fool you into believing my life is whatever I want you to see because I'm in complete control of what you see. So here's my life. Perfect, wonderful, full of smiles, full of joy. Who am I kidding? These are precious moments, and they do exist. But in no way does this tell the whole story about my life. And see, we get into these patterns and into these situations uh, in, in life that we put filters and we put masks on and we parade around because we are so concerned about what everybody else's perception is about our lives. And so we mask our hurt. We mask our pain. We mask the reality that life is hard. The truth is, is that life is hard. We live in a society that if you text message someone, your point doesn't get across unless you've got at least three emojis in the text. And if you say anything in all caps, you better back off because you're yelling at me. And you sent that with an explanation point, so that offended me. We live in a generation where we can't shoot straight and just say what we mean. We've got to fill it with mush on both sides of the sandwich. Getting the meaning in the middle all clouded and all convoluted. 
Imagine how much change would happen in our lives if we could just say what we mean and get on with it. But we're so worried about how and what and how this person feels and how I feel and all of these things. And we've got a a, a perception to maintain. We've got to rise up to the status quo. And, And not only that, I'm the only one who's messed up in this place. We have become numb to truth. And the lie that we buy into is that nobody has it as hard as we do. Look, filters do two things. We all have them. Filters do two things. The first thing it does is it skews the perception, it skews the view of the people looking at you. But it does something else. It also skews the perception of how you view yourself. Filters skew others' perception of you, but it also skews the perception of how you view yourself. You can have so many filters and masks on in your life that you begin to convince yourself that that's the reality. It is a clever tool of the enemy, these masks, these filters, because it's a filter that allows an abusive per- a, a, a person in an abusive relationship to stay around saying, this is normal. It's a filter that allows somebody who's a drug addict to say, I don't need to go and get help. It's a filter that allows any one of us to look at this wonderful creation that we've been given to Stuart and question whether there's a creator or not. It's a filter that gets people to the place where they are all alone and isolated and they think that that's the place they ought to be. Why do we wear these masks? Why do we wear these filters? I believe that it's because we understand life's hard, but we haven't heard it from anybody else. Do you know how many people have come to me over the last decade and have said, I'm not sharing this. I I don't feel like I can open up to you because you're so perfect. Or you and Sherry have it such together. Your marriage is so, is so perfect that I don't, you know, I haven't felt like I could, I could come and say, or I'm such a mess compared to you. M- more times than I can count, people have come to me intimidated to talk about real life things because there's some perception that I've got it all together. That my life is just a bed of roses. And I don't know, maybe that's happened to you before. But I wonder what would happen if, we would start living our lives filter-free. I wonder what would happen in this body if we would lay down the masks, that we would lay down the filters and actually start getting real with one another. You know what? What if I told you that there were times that I don't want to go to work? There are times when uh, I forget to set my alarm and I miss my appointment. There, There are times when... I don't want to brush my teeth, and I don't. (laughs) There are times when I am super selfish, and I go in the pantry, and I'll take that last oatmeal cream pie, knowing Sherry had her eye on it. There are times when you come over my house, And you walk into a perfectly clean living room because five minutes before you arrived, we pushed every toy, sock, and random item in the closet down the hall. 
our laundry baskets at our house rival some mountains in the United States. And when that driver cut me off last week, the first words that were in my head were not, God bless you. (laughs) My marriage is hard at times. We have to work on it. We have to be intentional with one another. There are times when I've said unkind things to my wife. There are times when she said unkind things to me. There's times when we get in arguments. There are times whenever it's not the perfect picture that you see up on the screen. Because it's real life. One of the things that Mike Parker said one time, and I just happened to be in his vicinity, and he was saying to somebody, somebody was coming over, and uh, he was going to go over to their house, and uh, they said, well, I don't have my house not clean. He said, well, I live in mine. Right? What would happen if we exerted all the effort of putting filters and masks on our life if we exerted it into real, genuine, authentic change? If we actually were able to expose to one another our faults and actually get to a point where we realize that we're all a mess. We're all a mess. We're all broken. Because if we get to the place, it's not to get there and land and say, oh, let's revel in all of this brokenness and all this mess. But it gets us to the point that we actually can realize the truth that we need something else. And that something else is God. That something else is God. There is a truth that life is hard, but there is another truth that runs perpendicular to that truth. And the intersection between those truths is the moment where you say, Jesus Christ, you're the Lord of my life. And that other truth is that God is alive. There is a God. And he cares about your life. He cares about this hard, this life that we we think is so hard and that is hard. The reality is our Jesus even said in this this world, you are going to have trouble. I didn't stop there. He said, what? But take heart, right? Because who's overcome the world? I did with my filters and my mask. No, because he overcame the world. He overcame the world. See, the crazy thing is, is it takes so much work to manage my mask and my filters, but if I would just lay that down, he's done all the work for me to get to God. But no, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do some more. Can't you just be? Can't we just be? Can I not just get into a room and just take a deep breath and say, guys, I don't have it together, but thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you that I took another step forward. Thank you that you carried me to this next moment. Thank you that I don't have to worry about my broken state because you're going to put me back together. Thank you, Lord, for healing me from my ailment and my sickness. Thank you that I can approach you with that. Thank you, Lord, that that person that's talking about me, what you say is much greater than what they say. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to have this filter that I can be real with you and that way I can explore all the things that you have planned for me in my life without having to worry about all the work I've got to do to get there. He has a purpose and he has a plan for your life, but sometimes we get ourselves in the way because we've applied so many filters and masks that we don't even know who we are. The reality is, is that life is hard, but the truth also is that there is a God and he is accessible to you today. He is accessible to us today. I wonder how many masks are out in the congregation this morning. How many of us would be honest with ourselves to evaluate and say, yeah, I've got, I've got filters, I've got masks in my life? Yeah. 
Jesus said, it is the sick who need a doctor. But what happens when the one who's sick doesn't see themselves as sick? When Jesus said that, he was talking to the religious leaders. And I dare tell you this morning that religion is another filter. Because the filter of religion renders us incapable of seeing humanity as God sees it. Because it places a set of rules. It demands a list, a checklist of things before you can get to the throne room of God. But scripture tells us that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The way that you get to the Father is through Him. And so in two weeks, we are going to celebrate the resurrection, the, the, the most important thing that has happened in the history of mankind. We are going to celebrate that together with believers all around the world. But I wonder, I wonder how many congregations will come into their sanctuaries, into their ministry centers, into their gatherings, wearing the same mask and the same filters to where that Sunday celebration means nothing more than the Sunday before. The power and the crux, the cornerstone of our entire faith is that we serve and we believe in a resurrected Jesus Christ. Without that truth, nothing else has credibility or validity. Without that truth, we cannot sustain what we say we believe. And that power has not only rescued us from hell, but it has given us the ability to live our lives in an abundant way. Because we can tap in to the very throne room of grace because of Jesus Christ. Now here's the question. There's got to be some type of action point because we like action points. How in the heck do I come here and wear all these masks? How do I get from point A to point B where I get to a point wherever I am ready to receive everything God has for me? And I think the problem lies there and within the question. Because I think the command is come as you are. Are you thirsty? Come and get a drink. It says, come and buy food with the money that you don't have. Right? Are you weary this morning? Some of you walked in here right now. I know you were smiling and you were kind of acting like, but you were weary. Some of you had a bad week. Some of you are dealing with some real life situations. Some of you are struggling with the belief of whether God is really real or not. There's a person in, the, in, our, in our congregation struggling with cancer. There are people who are sick. All of these things. Do you know that God is so big you can bring all of those things to him? You can go right to, and guess what? You can go boldly. You know, I grew up as a Catholic for the first few uh, years of my life. And in, and in that religion, you have to go to the priest and you confess your sins and then they go before God. Guess what? You get to go right to God. Jesus Christ has made that possible for us. But yeah, we're so afraid to go. And I don't think it's that we're afraid to go because we don't have the knowledge that he exists and that's the way to him. The reason that we don't go is because we don't see a need. The filter and the mask are so thick that we don't understand that we're sick. We don't understand that life is hard. We don't see it anymore because we have fooled ourselves in our mind that we actually do have it all together where, you know what, God, I've got it. I don't really need you right now. That is a dangerous place to live. 
when I was preparing for today's message, it's God of today. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want me to try to prove your existence? What, I mean, what, I, can, I can try to do that. I can bring scripture or whatever. And he started to unveil my mask and started to say, the reason people, he said, my times with God are real funny. And things happen in my mind, in my spirit that are, we just laugh together. But, um, and I'm not going to share what he showed me. But I, um, he, he cleared the murk and the mire and he said, the reason people can't see me is because they're too busy looking at themselves. Aren't you glad you came this morning? Um, Listen, listen. I believe that one of the most important scriptures for believers is this next scripture I'm going to put up on this board. Please look, take a look at this because this gives us the authority by which we approach the throne of grace. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, why is he the high priest? He's the high priest because he's the one that was resurrected. He has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. Do you say that you're a believer? Let's hold firmly to that faith. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. No, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Guess what? You have a Jesus that says, me too. You're tempted with that gossip? Me too. You're tempted with that, with that sin issue? Me too. You walk through a hard life? Me too. You walk through brokenness? Me too. You have a me too Jesus. And he sinned not. And so then what does it say? It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace shyly, timidly, with our mask on, going back here. No, with what? With confidence. How many kings, if you think of kings, if you get a king's image in your mind, I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot go to the White House and just walk right up with confidence right into the Oval Office and talk to the president. You think of kings, you think of kings and their dynasties back in the day, you try to walk up even close to, to, to where they are, you're going to get killed. We have a God who breathes stars and you get to walk right up to him with confidence and state your petition, state your... How many have needs this morning? Anybody got something that you need from God this morning? Anybody need the Lord to move on your behalf? I feel like God is just saying, what do you need? Come to me. What do you need? What can I do for you? What can... Come here. Come here. I've got grace for you this morning. I got some mercy for you this morning. Hey, I got some healing for you this morning. Would you just come? Would you just come? Would you just come? And guess what? You don't have to wait to get in this altar space to have it. He's the God of Monday. He's the God of Tuesday. He's the God of Wednesday. Maybe not Thursday. No, Thursday, he's God too. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He is your God and you have access to him. He is the God of right now. He is the God of today. And because of Jesus Christ, we have access to his his throne. And so he gives us promises all throughout scripture. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Come all who are thirst and drink. Come who have no money and buy and eat. Cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares about you. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. And what? I will give you rest. If we would just get in a place where we would actually just stop the action point I was talking about earlier, the only thing that I can surmise, one word that takes everything that we need to do, encapsulates everything that's our response, is simply this, I surrender. Because if we can get to a point of saying, I surrender, then you can exhale and you can let him do everything else. Life's too hard for us to try to put ourselves back together. He wants to do the work. 
He wants to put you back together. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to heal that broken area in your life. He is not too far. He is near. He says this in Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What kind of God? What kind of God? That is amazing. There are times when I got ocean waves coming over my life and I just need God to pluck down and pull me out or send a whale my way or something. You know? I wonder if we could get to the point instead of reaching out for a filter or a mask that we would reach out to God. But it takes us getting to the point that we actually believe he exists and he believes, we believe that he is who he says he is and that we actually need him because he is the God of today. But if you got all these filters and masks in the way, you're gonna be no better off tomorrow than you are today. And guess what? The demand for the mask, the demand for the filters is only increasing. Because the world doesn't get enough. Aren't you tired of being sick and tired? Come. Come. Would the band come up here? Why don't you come? You know, Sherry and I had the unfortunate privilege of walking through a situation a few weeks ago. And I want to tell you, you know, in my, in my perfect life, what I want everybody to see and how I want things to be, you know, this is what I want everyone to see. This is what I want my perception to be of my life. All the time. I would take this a hundredfold over anything else just to have that moment over and over and over and over again. But the truth of the matter is, is that life is hard and sometimes this turns into this. And I'm going to tell you as a dad, if you don't know how to tell God he's sovereign in this, you can't get to him as sovereign in this. Because when your child is laying there bare and the doctor comes up to you and says, listen, it's my obligation to tell you that I'm really worried about her. I can actually agree in my spirit with the Lord. Well, you know what? You're not the ultimate doctor. You're not the ultimate healer because I get to go to the throne room of grace and approach my God and he can heal my baby. So where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? Do you have masks that you need to lay down? Do you have filters that you need? Are you guys going to play? <laughs> sure. La, 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 la. No. Where are you this morning? Go ahead and stand with me. This is how this ties into the scripture that we watched. The prodigal son, he went to his father and he said, look, I need everything that's mine. I'm out of here. And he took everything that he had, and guess what? He applied filters. He applied masks. He applied all of these things. and got everybody looking at him the way that he wanted to be looked at. And guess what? At the end of the day, everything was gone. And then he got to those pigs, right? The Bible says he started eating that food like the pigs. And I'll tell you, some of us got masks so thick that the pig food tastes good. We don't even realize what we're eating. But he gets with those pigs, and this is the interesting thing that Scripture says. It says, he came to his senses. And I'm perplexed by that. Because when Scripture says that he came to his senses, his response 
was, I come to my senses, so I'm going to go be a servant. But here's the thing, guys. When we come to our senses, when we remove the mask, you realize you're not a servant. You're a son. And you're a daughter. And you're the daughter and you're the son of the Most High God. And this prodigal goes back and he works in his mind and he, and he practices over and over that I'm going to get back to daddy and I'm going to tell him, look, if I can just be your higher hand, if I can just slide in over to the side. You see, the masks were so thick that not only did it skew the perspective of the people looking at him, it skewed the perspective of him looking at himself. He had forgotten who he was. How many in this place have forgotten who they are because of the mask and the filters? Guys, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord wants to move. Today is the day that the Lord wants to do something in your life. And if you want to walk back out of here with those masks and those filters, be my guest and do that. But just know that the demand is going to get harder. The trial is going to get worse. The brokenness is going to get deeper. The wound is going to get deeper. And he wants to heal you from that today. He wants today to be a new day for you. And he wants you to be called his son and his daughter. So if you right now in this place have any type of filter of any kind, any type of mask that you need to lay down, I want you to come down to the altar right now. Come and fill this place. If you have, if you have a mask, don't hesitate. Come on. I've got a mask in my life. I've got a filter in my life that I want to lay down before the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you, we're not going to have people come up and pray today because here's the deal. If we believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is and did what he said he did, then guess what? You right now get to approach your father one-on-one. And it will be okay if some people want to come behind you and agree with that. But you need to approach your dad right now. Because guess what? You are his daughter. You are his son. You are his child. He loves you. He wants you. He's pursuing you. And he doesn't want you leaving here the same way you came in. So we're going to worship him right now. Okay? And we're just going to allow you some time just to talk to your dad. Because he's here. You don't need to wait on me. You don't need to wait on anybody. You can talk to him. Access him right now. Here, let's sing. Come on. Here we go. Father, 